Welcome to the Buddha Sasana Podcast. This talk was given by Bhikkhu Chintita in Austin, Texas. Today, I want to talk about Satipatthana practice as a development of right view. Right view begins with a conceptual exposure to the Dhamma acquired and remembered through hearing or in later centuries, reading the Dhamma. This is followed by stages of reflection and contemplation necessary to make sense of the Dhamma and to verify it in practice. Right view is ultimately internalized and woven into the fabric of experience so that in the end, Dhamma becomes how we perceive and act spontaneously in our experiential world. When developed to perfection, right view becomes knowledge and vision, the precursor to awakening. Today I want to look at the role of Satipatthana in developing right view and thereby contextualize the Satipatthana in broader practice. In brief, it is through the practice of Satipatthana that we learn to see through the eyes of the Buddha. Two teachings place Satipatthana practice into this broader process of developing right view, the five stages of liberation and the seven factors of awakening. The stages of liberation. Developing right view is laid out systematically by the Buddha in five steps in the stages of liberation, sutta. Here, bhikkhus, the teacher or a fellow bhikkhu in the position of a teacher teaches the Dhamma to a bhikkhu. In whatever way the teacher or that fellow bhikkhu in the position of a teacher teaches the Dhamma to the bhikkhu, dot, dot, dot. Keep in mind that at the time of the early text, teaching consisted primarily of rote recitation perhaps with a bit of explication. Teaches the Dhamma here can alternatively be translated as teaches a Dhamma, that is, in reference to an individual Dhamma teaching. A particular occasion of teaching Dhamma will manifest as teaching one or more Dhammas in any case. Each of the five stages of liberation is followed by a refrain dot, 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 in just this way he experiences his inspiration in the meaning and inspiration in the Dhamma. As he does so, delight arises in him. When he is delighted, rapture arises. For one with a rapturous mind, the body becomes tranquil. One tranquil in body feels pleasure. For one feeling pleasure, the mind becomes composed, that is, attains samadhi. This is the first stage of liberation, by means of which, if a bhikkhu dwells heedful, ardent, and resolute, his unliberated mind is liberated, 
his undestroyed taints are utterly destroyed, and he reaches the as yet unreached, unsurpassed security from bondage. This inspirational refrain is common to each of the five stages of liberation, varying only in first, second, and so on. Notice the reference in the refrain to some of the factors of the Satipatthana method, which should be present in right proficiency, samasati, that runs in circles also around the rest of practice on the path, even though we have not yet reached the contemplative stage. What will surprise some readers is the arising of samadhi in the refrain, simply through joint recitation. In my recent paper, The Miracle of Samadhi, and in podcasts that I've given on this subject, I point out that right proficiency is the primary conditioning factor of samadhi and document the corresponding pervasiveness of samadhi in the early texts, often described as arising through a series of antecedent states that includes rapture and tranquility. The development of right view, as well as most ethical practices, are infused with samadhi. The last sentence of the refrain describes liberation, the goal of the five stages as a whole, which is equivalent to the goal of Satipatthana practice. Rote recitation is a primary form of meditation for many Burmese monastics today. The sutta continues with the second stage of liberation. Again, neither the teacher nor a fellow bhikkhu in the position of a teacher teaches the Dhamma to a bhikkhu, but he himself teaches the Dhamma to others in detail, as he has heard it and learned it. In whatever way the bhikkhu teaches the Dhamma to others in detail, as he has heard it and learned it, in just that way, dot, 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 and he teaches the as-yet-unreached, unsurpassed security from bondage. The bhikkhu has yet to ponder or examine the teaching he has learned, so we can assume that he has memorized some texts and is merely reciting them for others at this stage, with or without explication. Again, dot, 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 he recites the Dhamma in detail as he has heard it, and learned it. In whatever way the bhikkhu recites the Dhamma in detail, as he has heard it and learned it, in just that way, dot, 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 he reaches the as-yet-unreached, unsurpassed security from bondage. Now he recites the Dhamma to himself to complete the process of memorization. Again, he thinks about deliberates, and mentally inspects the Dhamma as he has heard it and learned it. In whatever way the bhikkhu ponders, examines, and mentally inspects the Dhamma as he has heard it and learned it, in just that way, dot, 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 and he reaches the as-yet-unreached, unsurpassed security from bondage. Now he's doing some serious pondering. He thinks about, deliberates, and mentally inspects the Dhamma under consideration. We can now equate what he is doing with Satipatthana practice, in particular with 
contemplation of dhammas. The wording here is significant since thinking and deliberation characterized the first jhana, but not higher jhanas. This is discursive thinking, and the samadhi attained in the refrain must therefore be limited to the first jhana. It's declared that there are three kinds of wisdom based on hearing, on reflection, and on development. The first two have been developed so far. The third is developed in the final stage. Again, he has grasped well a certain theme of samadhi, attended to it well, sustained it well, and penetrated it well with wisdom. In whatever way the bhikkhu has grasped well, a certain theme of samadhi attended to it well, sustained it well, and penetrated it well with wisdom. In just that way, dot, 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 he reaches the as yet unreached, unsurpassed security from bondage. At this final stage, we have clearly taken our contemplative practice of satipatthana into samadhi. But given that there is no longer a reference to vitaka-vichara, thought and deliberation, presumably into the higher second to fourth jhanas, where a much more subtle and almost silent form of cognition prevails. Notice that the dhamma that is the theme of study and contemplation has become the theme of samadhi, samadhi nimitta, in accord with the statement, the four satipatthanas are the theme of samadhi. Continued contemplation and insight are critically dependent on the higher jhanas in order to penetrate the dhamma and to achieve knowledge and vision. For we are told, when right samadhi does not exist, for one failing right samadhi, the proximate cause is destroyed for knowledge and vision of things as they really are. Elsewhere, these results are explicitly attributed to satipatthana, as in the following practice, also cited earlier. Come, friends, dwell contemplating the body in the body, ardent comprehending, unified with limpid mind, composed in samadhi, with one-centered mind, in order to know the body as it really is. Knowledge here is in the sense of gnosis, a developed, intuitive form of know-how or proficiency. This is repeated as for body with regard to feelings, mind, and dhammas. Right view has been developed through the five stages of liberation, from memorized scripture by rote to something penetrated with wisdom. I would argue that this leads to a point in which the Dhamma has been integrated into a wide fabric of experience and internalized even beyond the conceptual to the point that we effectively perceive through the eyes of the Buddha. Practice of the fourth Satipatthana seems to operate in and to be functionally equivalent to the final two stages of liberation, 
starting with an arbitrary Dhamma teaching. In principle, any Dhamma that can manifest in direct experience should be a candidate for Satipatthana practice. The factors of awakening closely related to the five factors of liberation are the better-known seven factors of awakening, which zoom in for a closer look at these final stages of liberation. The seven factors of awakening form a causal chain that can be summarized as proficiency leads to Dhamma investigation, which leads to energy, which leads to rapture, which leads to tranquility, which leads to samadhi, which leads to equanimity. For instance, the virtue sutta begins with hearing the Dhamma from monks of virtue and wisdom, then continues as follows. When one has heard the Dhamma from such bhikkhus, one dwells withdrawn by way of two kinds of withdrawal, withdrawal of body and withdrawal of mind. Dwelling thus withdrawn, one recollects that Dhamma and thinks it over. Whenever bhikkhus, a bhikkhu dwelling thus withdrawn, recollects that Dhamma and thinks it over, on that occasion the awakening factor of proficiency, sati, is aroused by the bhikkhu. On that occasion, the bhikkhu develops the awakening factor of proficiency. On that occasion, the awakening factor of proficiency comes to fulfillment by development in that bhikkhu. This is the same dhamma that was carried through the stages of liberation. As the first awakening factor, sati, brings that dhamma to mind at whatever level of proficiency has been developed in regard to that dhamma. The Virtue Sutta continues, Dwelling thus, he examines that dhamma with wisdom, investigates it, makes an exploration of it. Whenever, on that occasion, the awakening factor of dhamma investigation is aroused by the bhikkhu, on that occasion, the bhikkhu develops the awakening factor of Dhamma investigation. On that occasion, the awakening factor of Dhamma investigation comes to fulfillment by development in that bhikkhu. This step of Dhamma investigation applied to that Dhamma corresponds to the fourth stage of liberation and aligns with the fourth Satipatthana, although it does not explicitly state it. We can assume that we are acutely attentive to experiential factors present in the practice contexts by which we might verify that Dhamma. For instance, if the teaching has to do with craving and suffering, we should be ardently intent on evaluating it in terms of our own craving and suffering. While he discriminates that Dhamma with wisdom, examines it, makes an investigation of it, his energy is aroused without slackening. Whenever, on that occasion, the awakening factor of energy is aroused by the bhikkhu, 
On that occasion, the bhikkhu develops the awakening factor of energy. On that occasion, the awakening factor of energy comes to fulfillment by development in that bhikkhu. With energy and non-distraction, we have fulfilled the requirements of the Satipatthana method. The factors of awakening continue by itemizing the antecedent factors leading to samadhi that we've already encountered in the stages of liberation. That is, rapture leads to tranquility, which leads to samadhi. In both the stages of liberation and the factors of awakening, examination is carried into samadhi, the insight factory in which that dhamma is turned to wisdom. I note that each of four Satipatthanas in turn is similarly demonstrated to fulfill the seven factors of awakening in the Anapanasati Sutta. Contemplation of Dhammas as the General Case The language of the five stages of liberation and of the seven factors of awakening are immediately suggestive of the fourth Satipatthana, in which a particular Dhamma has been selected, then pondered, then examined in detail in its own terms, then brought into samadhi for detailed, increasingly silent investigation, and internalized to become integrated into our immediate perceptual apparatus. It has been observed that the Abhidhamma-based schools of Vipassana in Asia, which are naturally inclined to exploring a broad swath of Dhamma beyond impermanence, tend accordingly to regard the fourth Satipatthana as the primary practice. Surely, the five stages of liberation and the seven factors of awakening offer an open invitation to subject any Dhamma to this process. In fact, verification in terms of experience is a general quality of the Dhamma. The Dhamma is well expounded by the Blessed One, directly visible, immediate, inviting one to come and see, applicable to be personally experienced by the wise. Whereas restriction to a limited set of dhammas has been claimed for it, the fourth Satipatthana is intended to be open-ended, in practice wildly inclusive, and that the five dhamma exercises actually described are only a small representative set, as are those described alternatively in the Chinese Agama parallels. How about the other three Satipatthanas? That's what we'll look at next week. To learn more about the Rethinking the Satipatthana Project, please go to sirigu.org slash chintita. That is s-i-t-a-g-u dot org C-I-N-T-I-T-A